welcome to Our Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Um, I'm alright. Cool. I haven't played as much Magic as I wanted because, you know, life gets in the way. Yeah, it certainly does sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's annoying, but you know, um, the podcast is more important than any of those things. <laughs> um, I'm still sweating to death because it hasn't rained in about, I don't know, three years at this point. Oh, no. I'm going to play that every week, just reminding everyone <laughs> that it's hot as hell everywhere. Um, it's rained pretty much all day today here and like a little bit yesterday. Well, that's what you get for living in the north, isn't it? Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say we finally had that thing where all of the grass just turns to hay and everything that was green is now brown. <laughs> And now it's just decided to rain, so, you know. It's just so horrible. Like, the only green on any of, like, any grass is just weeds. Yeah. Oh, um, no. Yeah, I mean, it's going to get past the point of no return at some point, but, you know. <laughs> I also uh, left a savannah in a very hot car for, like, an entire day. <laughs> nice to the flavour, win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone doesn't like a savannah. <laughs> but I left it in, and I was like, oh, man, I, like, thank God I was done a top loader, because it definitely would have just, like, gone all curly from oh, the no. heat. Ugh. Anyway. Um, yeah, that, I'm, I'm fine, just haven't played a lot of magic, but... Sweet. Cool, good. I'm still going to offer some of my magic opinions. <laughs> That's how we roll on Arrow Devastation. <laughs> we know nothing, but we'll tell you about it anyway. <laughs> Have you played much magic? Um, not a load. So I've been played a, played in less than usual amount, amount. I think I've just been, once again, like watching more vintage than I've been playing anything, really. Like... Mm-hmm. What yeah. like seven hours of vintage content this week? Like in between like the uh, Team Vintage Super League and yeah. like Reed Duke put up a video on Channel Fireball, which is like three and a half hours long of just him playing the, the vintage tournament, <laughs> and it's just sick. I'm like great use of your time. Yeah, I'm like, yep, that's, <laughs> that's sweet. My Sunday, I'm going to sit there and watch that. So yeah, I've been watching a lot of vintage, and I uh, really, really just really badly want to play the format. Um, but other uh-huh. than that. Uh, I've been playing a little bit, I say a little bit, a very little bit of uh, M19 Draft. Uh-huh. Uh, it's considerably better than the sealed format, I think. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of people say that. Yeah, so I've, I've done, uh, I mean, yeah, I say a little bit, I've done 1.5 draft, well, 1.66666 drafts so far. How does that, oh, you haven't finished the league? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like two-thirds of the way through the actual draft, like how how did that work? <laughs> Like, you just about to open pack three and then you had some kind of emergency you had to get to. Yeah, maybe. No, no. Yeah, yeah uh, doing just some draft leagues on Magic Online. So I am currently uh, two games out of three in uh, in the most recent league I'm playing. I'm 1-1 one, one at the moment, so fingers crossed I'll go 2-1 in this one. Ugh. But the, uh, that the big... says a lot about M19. Yeah, just maybe. The fact that we haven't been bothered to like do lots of drafts. Like I've, I've still only done one draft. Yeah. Um, and... Like with Dominaria, I would never leave halfway through a league. <laughs> but it has, regardless of what is happening in my life, I need to finish this league like as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, I'm around two finished at like half twelve last night, and I was like, oh, I got to be up for work in like five hours, so maybe I should just go to sleep and play the next <laughs> round tomorrow. Where's your commitment? Yeah, like I mean, I like I know I'm allowed to not play Magic because of like you know personal reasons, but <laughs> you've got a. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done that to Dominaria. No way. No, you could keep playing. So. But, you Sorry. know, the flip side of that, we have got the... It took, like, pretty much the entire of, like, the Dominaria limited season for me to, you know, go 3-0 in a league and get myself a trophy. It literally happened on the, the first first try this time round. The very first M19 league I did. Sweet. Easy, 3-0. It was great. Uh, turns out, like, if you open, like, Nicol Bolas, that's pretty good. 
That's a good card. I yeah, the uh, Lathness Dragon as well. That like the six mana red dragon one. Skin. Pretty good as well. Yeah. When you have a dragon, have another dragon. Yeah. It's pretty good. It is good. Yeah. Um, Psychic Symbiont, probably my favorite uncommon now. Yeah, that card is sweet. Cards are really good. I just opened this like just amazing like Grixis deck and had like three dual lands to like support the splashes as well. Like uh-huh. it all just yeah. came together like absolute perfect deck. It's really sweet. Mm-hmm. I drafted the red white deck. Cool, cool. Um, the red white uncommon is uh, pretty bananas. Yeah, I like, like it a lot. Yeah, heroic reinforcements is just really good. You just win the game out of nowhere. Yeah, totally. I think it's it's one of those cards that is it's good at pretty much any stage of the game as well. Like if you're a bit mm-hmm. behind, like just cast that and you got two more two more bodies on the field. Thing like uh, even like a really really when it's like a really 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 bad raise the alarm. Yeah. Still kind of fine. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, if you just need like if you need bodies on the field, there you go. Yeah, I was thinking, like, I, I managed to chunk them until I could draw my live axes and just kill my opponent. It's really sweet. Um, yeah, totally. I think yeah, my um, favourite play of the event that I did was the... Uh, I had an Inferno Hellion. You're the, yeah, uh, the 7-3 Trampler that when it attacks or if it blocked, you shuffle it back in your library at the end of turn. Yeah, so kind of would never play, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. So I went in to attack for the Inferno Hellion. Um, my opponent's got, like... I think it was, it was just, like, a couple of, like, 2-2s two or something and then, like, a Psychic Symbiont. And I'm like no way they're going to trade off their, their Psychic Symbiont for this. Uh-huh. So like I knew this attack was going to get through like totally fine. So go through for 7 damage, and then post-combat I cast Switcheroo, targeting Psychic Symbiote and the uh, Inferno Hellion, which obviously yeah. gets shuffled back into my deck at the end of <laughs> at the end of the turn, so I'm just left with That's my opponent's sweet. Psychic Symbiont. It was great. Really, good. really, really enjoyed that play. Nice. But I think my, my favourite thing was the fact that that Nickel Bolus alone was worth like 16 ticks, so I traded him away straight away. <laughs> yep, cool. And cool. it was like, awesome, that's cool. Like, that draft's paid for itself, I can go do another draft and it won't cost anything now. Uh-huh. And then I decided to have a look at some vintage deck lists on Magic Online and spent 16 ticks on power. That seems like a good use of your ticks. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like- it was like, oh, I could do another M19 draft that I'm not really fussed about. Yeah. Or I could do what I did and get like an Ancestral Recall, a Mox Emerald, a Time Walk, a Time Twister, Library of Alexandria, a Time Vault, a uh, Telerian Academy, a Tinker, a uh, Voltaic Key, a uh, Yorgmoth's Wheel, and a couple of Paradoxical Outcomes. Nice. All for one Nickel Bolas. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's kind of like in the timeline where the reserve list never existed, right? <laughs> Trade Chase Mythics for actual good cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the dream. So it's cool. So yeah, I, like I say, I haven't really played a lot, but I've certainly had a lot of fun with Magic this week. Sweet. I've just been jamming Legacy, I think. It's Sweet. The I'm, doing. I'm, yeah. I'm off all formats apart from Legacy, pretty much. I love Legacy. I'm very excited to talk about my new Legacy deck at the end of this episode. We've got a nice oh, spicy water deck for you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think when, when you sent me the list, my first response was, for God's sake. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, that's it's a, it's a pretty sweet deck. I mean, it's not as good as like you know Savannah Mobile Hierarch, but whatever. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> but before we do that, before we get into our main topic as well, let's do the good old cracker pack. Uh, we've got mm. an M nineteen pack this week, so speaking of M nineteen draft, let's see how this goes. Sweet. I'm going to take one of the really bad vanilla creatures. <laughs> Which one of them? They're all. They're all yeah, they're all really bad. Uh, right. So uh, first up, we've got Child of Night. One and a black for a two-one vampire with lifelink. Okay, it's not actually terrible. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's certainly playable. Uh, there's yeah, yeah. one one in the deck that I'm currently playing in this this league that's on pause currently. Sweet. Okay, it's just gonna be like last week where we opened the first card and it's just the best pick until we get to the uncommons. Uh, maybe. So we'll see what's <laughs> next. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's definitely not going to be that, except next we've got Luminous Bonds. That's, oh, jeez. Okay, sure. Yeah, two and a white for an enchantment. Enchanted creature. Enchanted creature can't attack or block. Yeah, it's very, very good. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I wouldn't be unhappy first picking a Luminous Bonds, to be honest. Like, the card is great. Like, removal yep. is pretty necessary in this format. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to call it the best white common yet, but it's... It's up I mean, there, it's definitely. Format. It's very good. Yeah. So, speaking of removal, uh, next up we've got Plummet. That's one and a green for an instant. Destroy target creature with flying. Yeah, it's not as good as Luminous Bonds, is it? It's not, no. Um, I, I wouldn't first pick it, but I think in this format it's just absolutely correct to play one main board if you're playing green. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, Luminous Bonds can can get creatures without flying. It can, yeah. <laughs> That's why we like Luminous Bonds. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, maybe this one will change it up though so after that we've got Aviation Pioneer it's 2 and a blue for a human artificer it's a 1-2 when it enters the battlefield create a 1-1 colourless Thopter artifact creature token with flying it's okay I've like in the last few formats I've really liked the sort of the two bodies for three mana creatures yeah um, so obviously we had Yabmai Sapper and or what was one from Rivals um, I don't know I think I've blocked out most of that format now uh, jungle Pioneer, I want to say. Possibly. The green 2 2 that makes a blue hexproof. Yeah. Anyway, that card. I really like this, they've been really good, and like, I don't think it's. So, this is a version of that, I don't think this is that good. I uh, I don't know, I, I think. I I really like it. Um, like, mm-hmm. flyers, fly, like, this set is so sort of stripped back and sort of back to basics that, like, flyers matter, flyers really count, and. Even if it's just a case of like putting a one-one in the air so you can chump block your opponent's big fire, like mm-hmm. that's a thing. The fact that it's an artifact is a real thing as well. It just curves nicely yeah, into like definitely. scholar of stars. Uh, there are various other cards that like care about artifacts as well. That's true. I just don't think. Mm, I'm I, not I think sure it, take over luminous bonds. No, I certainly wouldn't take it over luminous bonds. Uh, not at this point in the format, at least. But mm-hmm. I do think it's it's better than it looks on the surface. I think. Sure, yeah, I mean, like I said, these creatures are always like good value, but I'm not sure it's first pickable over Luminous Bonds. I agree. Uh, speaking of cards that aren't first pickable over Luminous Bonds, we've got <laughs> Goblin Motivator up next. Ugh. <laughs> one red for a 1 1 Goblin Warrior. You can tap it, target creature gains haste, and lend a turn. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's not good. Uh, I would never first not... pick it, and would probably never even play it, to be honest. I mean, unless you like randomly pick up the Goblin deck. Yeah, even then, I, I don't really think there is enough of a goblin deck. Um, I think. I mean, like, what are there, uh, even with Trashmaster, I just I just don't think it's good enough. Mm, I mean, there's what, four goblins. Yeah, there's common and uncommon, and then you've got the Trashmaster. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, like it was. I mean, it's not it's not as bad as Dominaria with goblin deck. No. Oh, no I don't know. I think Dominaria one was better because you had Siege Can Commander. Which I yeah, think is just a better Jankar goblin than just... any of other goblins in the set. Yeah, but Siege Commander was just insane. Yeah. That was, that was the point of Siege Commander. <laughs> um, no, you've got... And, and the, you know, let's get this one. So there's five, there's five are common and uncommon. Yeah. And you've got Dark Dollar Oracle. Yeah. And obviously Trash Master. It's not completely ridiculous. It's not completely ridiculous, no. I just don't think it's any good. Yeah, it's not. You are, you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not wrong. Cool. So, so I'm not taking No, not definitely not. Definitely not going to take that motivator. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that we've got Lava Axe it's 4 and a red for a sorcery uh, deals 5 damage to target creature or planeswalker sorry player or planeswalker mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's a good, good card. I'm not, I'm not taking it here. I like to just pick them up if I'm in like a red, like an aggressive red deck. Yeah, totally. It's it's like an absolutely acceptable finisher in this format. Like, mm-hmm. be happy playing one, like at least one if I'm playing red. But yeah, I'm going to first pick it. It's just great to top deck them and just kill your opponent. Yeah, totally. Like I had that happen uh, in one of the games with the the Grixis deck as well. I had one one of those in that deck. Yeah. Some, yeah. Sometimes you just reach a bit of a stalemate, and your opponent's on low enough health that you can like. You know, sort of, you top deck a lava axe, you feign an attack, maybe they don't block one of your creatures, you get them through down to five, cast the lava axe, and that's it, you've won. Yeah, it's really sweet. Like, it looks really bad on the surface, right? Like, a sorcery five damage for five mana, but yeah. it's just, it just wins the game so many times. Totally. The, I think the real question is what is the best, uh, what is the best flavor text on lava axe? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I do quite like just the, the catch. It's quite, quite simple, quite good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's. I still don't think it's better than a strict upgrade to the Cinder Hatchet. That's I think good. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I agree. <laughs> that's the important thing. Yeah, we're doing this cracker pack is to find the best flavor text for cards. <laughs> anyway, I'm not taking this over uh, Luminous Bonds. Sure. Uh, another card that we probably won't take over Luminous Bonds is Invoke the Divine. It's two mm. and a white for an instant. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. You gain four life. This card's fine. I don't hate main decking one of these cards. Yeah, I think it's certainly worse. I, I don't know. I think it's certainly worse in this format than it was in Dominaria. Mm-hmm. Because you yeah. haven't got any of the sagas. Uh, you haven't got any of the more powerful artifacts. You know, stuff like your item manipulators and your, your Traxos and your weather lights and all that. Just stuff like that, Jousting Lance, like just tagging yeah, some of the Jousting Lance was so good. Well. I missed that card. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, oh, well. yeah, I think, like, yeah, it might still be right just to play one main board if you're playing uh, if you're playing a white deck, but mm-hmm. yeah. it's certainly not as good as it was in Dominaria. Yeah, if, I mean, if we're picking a white card, we're not, <laughs> not picking this up in response. No, I agree, 100%. <sighs> so, next up, we've got Gearsmith Guardian. That's five mana for a 3-5 artifact creature it's a construct and it gets plus two plus zero as long as you control a blue creature it's fine if you're playing the artifact deck yeah totally like let's pick it then yeah even then it doesn't feel that great like a five mana five five like it's, I mean, it's just that if you fully go in on that deck there's like what the blue creature that gets plus one plus zero if you have an artifact yeah this gets plus two plus zero if you have a blue creature like there's a there's a deck there yeah know, absolutely is... like it, it does synergize nicely in, in the deck that wants it but mm-hmm. I just don't think it's particularly good yep I agree cool so after that we're coming to our last of the commons and that is Mind Rot it's two in a black for a sorcery target player discards two cards um mm, I think this card might be okay in this format I, I agree yeah I think this might be the most playable format that Mind Rot's been in. Yeah, um, I'm not. I, I don't want to like actively take them, but I think if I get into some kind of dirty like divination deck, then I'm happy to take a couple of Mind Rots. But yeah. I'm not taking it really. I, I agree. I think whereas like in the past, like formats where I've had a Mind Rot, I'd be like, oh, I guess I'm playing Mind Rot. Whereas in this one, I don't think I'd be too too unhappy playing one. Like yeah. I'm not gonna be right. Like I'm not gonna gonna pick one up early. But if I just happen to pick one as I'm drafting, like sure, I'll take one. Yeah, definitely. So uh, first of the uncommons, then we come to Brawl Bash Ogre. Ooh. It's two black and red for a three-three Ogre Warrior with Menace. Uh, when it attacks, you may sacrifice another creature. If you do, Brawl Bash Ogre gets plus two plus two until end of turn. So this card is. I'm not sure if this card's good enough to pull me into red black. I agree. 
Um, but this card's really, really sweet. Like the red black sacrifice deck, like um, like the active treason deck. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, you get to steal creatures and sacrifice them to your own stuff. Um, and this is one of the best cards in that deck. I'm not sure it's just better than Luminous Bonds, though. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think Luminous Bonds is just just a solid card. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that it, it hits pretty much anything in the format is great. And like I said, removal is like prime real estate. Like, you need to mm-hmm. get what removal you can. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the one of the better multicolor cards. Then again, they're all pretty good. But yeah, I'm not I'm not taking Luminous Bonds. I don't think. Sure. Uh, so after that, we come to. A card that I, w- I was significantly more impressed with um, than I thought I would be. I've got mm-hmm. Departed Deckhand. It's one and a blue for a spirit pirate. It's a 2-2. When it becomes a target of a spell, sacrifice it. Departed Deckhand can't be blocked except by spirits. And you can play three and a blue. Target creature you control can't be blocked this turn except by spirits. That's an interesting card. Yeah, it's it's performed a lot better than I thought it would do. Like... Like considerably, like I, one hundred percent think that this is the sliver blade of this format. Like, sure. I uh, played against the opponent when I was playing my Grixis deck. I played against the opponent that had two, and it was like turn two, departed deck hand, get in for two. Turn three, another departed deck hand, you know, get in for another two. And it's just like when you're being beat down for four per turn, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh huh. It's pretty good. It feels kind of bad, like. It's strange because it feel like it almost feels bad casting some of your removal spells on them as well because you know like obviously you have to sacrifice them when they become the target of the spell so you're yeah. not necessarily always going to get like the most out of your removal spells uh, if you just yeah like if you don't have a spirit or any form of spell that targets like you just you're just going to lose to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like. Is- uh, I, yeah, like on the surface of it, it looks really, really underwhelming. But then, you know, you, you're there on turn four, and your opponent's got two of them out, and you've been beat down for four a turn. It's like I, I can draw all the creatures in the world, but they can't block them. That's true. Yeah, I think it's again, like I don't think it's as good as Luminous Bonds. I would much prefer Luminous Bonds at this point over the deck hand. But I do think that deck is real. Like if you can get multiple deck deckhands, this is easily like the Sliver Blade deck of this format. Okay, I'm, I'm willing to give that a go. Yeah. Test it out, see if that card's good. Yeah, like I said, just, just from like one game against them, literally done a complete 180 on this card. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's uh, surprising, but yeah, totally. I, I'm into it. Yeah. Sweet. So our last of the uncommons, let's see if it can destroy Luminous Bonds. Mm-hmm. We've got Rise from the Grave. That's a four and a black for a sorcery. Put target creature card from a graveyard into the battlefield under your control. That creature is a black zombie in addition to its other colours and types. Uh, no. <laughs> I agree as well. Like again, like I would probably be fairly happy playing this card. Like mm-hmm. it's decent in this format. It's one of those cards that's just it's really annoying, like when you, you finally deal with your opponent's best creature and then they just play a rise from the grave and they've got it back. Yeah. So I do like the card a lot, but like again, luminous bonds is just—it's just removal. It feels so essential in this format. Yeah, exactly. Like I'd, I'd much rather just take the the prior to removal spell. Like, there's so much has to sort of line up for Rise from the Grave to be like nuts. Yeah, totally. Obviously, the ceiling of it is incredibly high, but yeah. like it just everything has to line up for that card to be good. Otherwise, yeah. it's just sort of medium, and like 
you end up reanimating stuff that isn't that good. Yeah, you know? totally. I'm just taking luminous bonds. Yeah, that's it. Like on the flip side, of that like you just you cast the luminous bonds on your opponent's best creature, and then it's not going to die. It's just going to sit there, so they can't get it back with the, the rise from the grave. Yeah. So yeah, luminous bonds might go all the way. Yep. Uh, we come to a rare, and it's uh, Sigil Sword of Valoran. It's three okay. mana for an artifact. Uh, it's equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two plus zero, has vigilance, and is a knight in addition to its other types. When equipped creature attacks, create a two-two white knight creature token with vigilance that's attacking. And it costs yeah, three to equip. Yeah, I, I agree as well. I think like it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's it's really silly. You can play it in pretty much any deck. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just yeah, the fact that like it just replaces its it, like it replaces the creature that you equip it to, like if the creature dies in combat as well. Like I like mm-hmm. the sword a lot. It seems like it's it's gonna be one of the best bombs in the format. I mean yeah, this is just like the definition of a limited bomb, right? Yeah, totally. It's just nuts. Yeah. So sweet, okay. Luminous yeah. bombs finally got dethroned right at the end. Finally got dethroned by the Citral Sword of Valoran. Oh, we do have a foil though. Ooh. Uh, a foil, oh, it's a common, it's uh, abnormal endurance. One in a black for an instant. Until end of turn, target creature gets plus two plus zero and gains. When this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. No. No. Uh, I, I did play one in the uh, in the Grixis deck that I played, and we managed to cast it pretty much every game. And it's it is a decent combat trick in this format, certainly. Like especially when you're like casting Unical Bolas on turn six for this in hand to protect it. Sure, that's like, pretty sweet. That was pretty good, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it definitely sigil sword. Yep, like not even close. This card's bananas. Sweet, and there cool. we go. It looks like we're gonna follow on from that trend of Dominaria. Like we will, we'll open a decent card and then just get a bomb. Yep, it's not <laughs> yeah, it's not like actual discussions about whether this card. Oh wait, no, we just got the best card. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> cool. So, shall we move on to our card of the week? Yeah. Cool. So, do you have a card for us this week? I do. Uh, what is your card this week? It's going to be... Uh, this is always what I do. Just pick cards that any I would care about. Cool. Um, but my my card is uh, Halal Fire Fletcher. Okay, cool. Um, which is from Dominaria. Yeah. It's really bad, but I'm building a really sweet EDH deck around it. Awesome. And I get to play so many terrible cards. Yay. The best kind uh, of cards. Uh, what have we got? What have we got? Like... You just get to play. So there's a, there's some okay cards with kicker, right? Yeah. So, so, so how is the the card that when you cast a spell, if it was kicked, put one one counter on it, and then deals damage to the number of one cards on it. Yeah. You get to play like Comet Storm. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> um, Urza's Rage. That's pretty terrible. Sure. So you can pay a total of twelve mana to deal uh, ten to something. Yeah. Cavu Primarch. Yeah. Uh, just loads of bad cards, and I've been really enjoying <laughs> like just like trawling through. Um, Trolling through Gatherer finding like the worst cards I possibly can, yeah, and putting me in an, AD, in an EDH deck because I've got a habit of like building incredibly powerful EDH decks, yeah, like putting infinite combos in and making sure they're like pretty much unbeatable. But this, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. like, you can't make this busted because you you have to play the bad cards because at a certain point you run out of good cards with Kicker, yeah, and you have to start playing Burst Lightning um, and Falling Timber, yeah. And exactly like the fact that people will obviously not know what any of these cards do <laughs> suggests what this deck is going to be like. <laughs> um, but I'm excited to play it. Like just cool. I haven't got a ready ready EDH deck. Um, and I get to cast Blasphemous Act as well. So uh, yeah, Blasphemous Act's a, a pretty good card. Yeah, I mean I'm just gonna keep randomly talking about EDH until I break you. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's my kind of week. I'm just, you know, I've, I've been just thinking, playing a lot of, uh, not playing a lot of Commander, but like thinking a lot about Commander. Cool. Okay. Uh, cool. Because I try to have fun playing Magic. <laughs> it's just the way to do that. Fair enough. Sweet. What is your card of the week? So that kind of segues nicely into my card of the week as well. Oh, um, it's like Commander. On the flip side of that, my card of the week is the Locust God. Oh, yeah. So I've decided to finally say goodbye to my Locust God Commander deck. And, <laughs> to the surprise of no one. Yeah, and uh, deconstruct it and build a cube instead. That seems like a better use of your crap EDH level cards. Yeah, totally. Like, I I am I'm not, you know, it's it's no secret that I'm not really a fan of the Commander format. Figured I don't really get to play the deck as much as I'd, I'd like to. Like, And even then, like the amount I'd like to isn't really that high. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I figured, like, hey, there's a lot of good cards in that deck there's a lot of cards I really like in that deck mm-hmm. I really love cube as a format I don't actually own a cube and it's something that I've been thinking about for a while like I'd, I'd like to build one I'd like to construct one it'd be cool just to, to have one in paper to draft um, I think really I've just been missing the vintage cube uh, considering that there's no cube on Magic Online at the moment so yeah thought, there's been a vintage cube shape hole in my heart absolutely yeah there's just been any any shaped cube, cube hole in my heart really at the moment I mean all cubes are about the same shape yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess I just thought, well, I've got some good cards in here. There's definitely some cubable cards in here. Let's mm-hmm. see what else I've got, and we'll shove it all together to make a, make a cube. So that's something I'm doing at the moment. Uh, so I thought this week I'd say Locust God will be my card of the week, just to give it a, a good send-off. As it, it has served me well, and it's a card that I do love a lot. Uh-huh. I think it's a very very unique and interesting card, and it did yeah. allow for some sort of broken and degenerate things as well you can just go like infinite for like skull clamp and national altar to draw infinite cards make infinite mana make infinite tokens so it's it, it was my is it be in the cube uh, it is not in the cube currently not in the current iteration of the cube okay but yeah, maybe it'll find its way there in the future it's got to pay respects to the locust god yeah totally i mean the scarab god's in the cube so the locust god yeah, probably probably should be yeah locust god probably should be in the cube as well no that but that means you might have to put the scorpion golden cube no one needs that no, that's true. Sucks. Yeah, definitely. Sweet. Yeah, I guess it's not a lot really to, to say about the card this, this week other than give it a send-off card of the week style. So thank Sweet. you, Locust God. May. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many times did you play that deck? Like, twice? Uh, like a good handful of times. Like, okay. somewhere somewhere in between five and ten times. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, like... Okay. I just have no interest in Commander at all, and like the the cards in the deck were much more suited to being drafted in like a degenerate cube. Uh, okay, so. well that's fine. Obviously, this entire conversation upsets me massively, but <laughs> I guess I have to accept it. Yeah, I mean, sure, it's better that like my like spare volcanic island and stuff gets drafted with rather than just sat in a box, right? I suppose that's true. Yeah, it must be nice to have a spare volcanic island. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah. When you scrub out nationals, I'm just going to keep badgering you to play Commander. I mean, when I scrub out of Nationals, I'm just going to go play Old School. So we'll see. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Ooh, I can play Old School properly now. I have four Savannahs again. Oh, awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Maybe that should do with my card a week. It's actually interesting. Yeah. Savannah's yeah, a great card. I finally bit the bullet and just finished the playset. Sweet. Because um, they're only going to go up. I mean, it's, it's depressing that the first one I bought for... My first Savannah I bought for £40. Yeah. And this last one I paid, including postage, from the Netherlands, €136. Euros. Ooh, yeah. For, for the same card, about three months apart. Yeah, it's a big jump in price. Oh, it's, it hurts, but I I mean, I, I own a place that's fans now, and I don't really want to own more dual mums. Yeah. 
funnily enough, I did also complete uh, a playset of Dual Lands this week myself. I completed my playset yeah. of Scrublands. Finally. After the much, much badgering and. <laughs> <laughs> Still just tagging you in every post on the trade group, like, buy the Scrubland. Yeah. Buy it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, eventually, I, I, again, like, paid considerably more than I did for my first copy. Like, the very first Scrubland I got was, like, 40 quid. Yeah. And then, like, the other two I got were, like, 60 quid each. And now this one was, like, 115 all in. Which was, yeah, obviously considerably more than the other two, but hey, playset's done. That's good. Yeah, definitely. Still need a Bayou. Uh-huh. <laughs> Should have bought a Bayou. You, uh, t- to be fair, I think in an, in a previous episode, like ages ago, you were talking about the fact that you needed a Bayou because, yes. uh, because Storm. Because Storm, yeah. And I feel, I feel like with all the things you have bought... You probably should have bought a Bayou by now. I agree, 100%. So, <laughs> so is, that my, is that my next badgering task? Just every time I see a Bayou, just tag you in it? Yeah, probably. Just buy this Bayou. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I need one for the cube now. Like, um, you know, not even playing Storm and Legacy now, as we'll, uh, as we'll see later on. Oh, yeah, but, you found some other nonsense. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's first. You need that's, Bayou for cube. I need Bayou for cube. If ever there was a reason to spend £200 on a magic card, it's because every three weeks someone might draft it. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Precisely. Sweet, okay. But yeah, before we get to my silly what the deck this week, let's move on to our main topic this week. Uh-huh. We're briefly just going to talk about uh, Commander 2018, sticking on that Commander topic there. Uh-huh. So we haven't really learned a lot about it so far. We're getting these spoilers are going to be starting on Monday, 23rd of July. So it's next Monday, mm-hmm. coming Excited. up nice and soon. Uh, but we did get a, a nice little preview uh, on the the weekly magic the magic stream that they're they're doing now from R and D. Yeah, like it's always really interesting to see these cards. Like you know, I, I'll go on and on about how much I dislike the format, but I think the the precon commander decks that they put out are by far the best product. Like the full out of the box, you can play a product that Wizards of the Coast release. Absolutely. Like, every year they just like just smash it out of the park. Like they're always really good. They're always yeah. like you know, pretty much like competitively good as well. Like you could just take one to to a commander event, play it out of the box, and you know you're not going to be like you know just destroyed on like turn one like you would with like any of it. Like you know like sure the challenger decks were good, but uh-huh. playing a challenger deck deck out of the box against like a you know prime tier one standard deck, like you're probably not going to beat that deck. Whereas yeah, I mean, some like- of the commander decks like have absolutely have legs against some you know definitely upgraded commander decks. Definitely, like I um, on Sunday, uh, me and a couple of friends were around to uh, Tom's house. My friend Tom, Tom's house to play some Commander, and um, he just had he was bored of his deck, so we borrowed uh, someone's the Dragon deck. Yeah, which is pretty much the precon. Like added a couple of cards in. Yeah, and I was playing with like my tuned uh, Cisse deck, which is meant to murder people. Yeah, I just got completely destroyed. So I got 10-6, just like, I'm doing all this, like, nonsense stuff, and, like, this mad value. He's like, oh, I'll attack you for 22. I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> like, some of the decks are just really good. Yeah, totally. Uh, some of them are incredibly bad. <laughs> like, the Kalemna deck is terrible. Which one is that? Uh, the red-white giant one. Oh, okay, yeah. So that, that cycle where you had, like, Meryn and um, Mizzix, like, yeah. those two were all really sweet, and then the Kalemna one was just terrible. Yeah. Because the entire point of the deck was cast spells with converted mana cost 6 or greater in a deck that doesn't have the colours to ramp yeah it was really bad oh. um, but yeah most most of the pre-cons like are really sweet and yeah totally we've got a little bit of information on these and some artwork as well yeah and I think they're pretty cool so yeah first of all we, we know we're going to get four decks this year yeah uh, so mm-hmm. they've 
they sort of fluctuated between how many decks they do a year. Um, so they were mm. doing like five, and then they were doing four, and then they did five again, and now we're back to four again, carrying on from the, the past couple of ones. Uh, apart from this time, they don't really fit like a pattern like they have done in the past. So like the last ones we had were all tribal. Um, before yeah. that, they were all like, were they all four color before that? Yeah, all four color, and then you had the planeswalkers, and you had like the, uh, yeah. the dual colored ones before that. And so yeah, yeah they four. usually do like a pretty interesting theme. Uh-huh. Uh, except this time, they haven't really stuck to that. They've just gone, rather than do that, we're going to build just four decks we think are, are interesting, powerful decks that people are going to want to play. So uh-huh. there's no sort of continuous running theme between the four of them, but we've got. Uh, Exquisite Inventions, so that's a blue-red artifact deck. That's the theme of that deck, artifacts. We've got Nature's Vengeance, so that's a Jund lands deck, so that's uh, black, red, and green. And we've got Adaptive Enchantment, uh, that is a Bant Enchantments deck, so that's white, blue, and green. And then we've got uh, the one that I'm, I think I'm most interested in, we've got Subjective Reality, that is white, blue, black, uh, for top of library matters. Yeah, that was an interesting one because obviously, like the other three, but artifacts, lands, and enchantments, which is just card types. Yeah, so we totally. Sort of know what that's going to look like. Top of the library matters. That's just sort of a curveball in terms of what's going to be in it. Yeah, definitely. Like, it makes you think that there's definitely going to be some sort of like library manipulation spells. Like, maybe we'll see like clash returning as a mechanic in there. Ooh. I think there's, miracles. yeah, miracles, like, that's a thing, like, yeah, like, if, because of the colours of the decks as well, like, white, blue, and black, like, maybe we'll get, like, a black miracles card. For once. Yeah, so that'd be something that'd be quite exciting, so I, like, as, like I say, as much as I dislike the format of Commander, like, I love that these decks are always fun, they're always flavourful, and always makes for some, like, really interesting new additions to, like, Legacy and Vintage as well. Yeah, exactly, there's always, like something that makes its way like just a little bit of a so obviously it's, it's not always as like nuts as tuna nemesis but yeah. you just get like new cards and like um like kess yeah age it was like obviously made a splash in legacy yeah i remember like people were trying to do things like vile smasher the fierce and legacy as well like that was a thing briefly that i think that's still sort of a deck yeah totally um and then like st- just random stuff like the four color ones that are just good like like a tracks that makes it into some decks yeah. well probably more with death right gone but um just makes it into decks because it's just an efficient creature um yeah. so it's always always fun to see what what cards just make it through yeah, um, yeah definitely the addition to to the format so i'm very excited to see what we're going to get and um, we know we're going to get 12 brand new commanders as well and they there had been like hints at them being like potentially planeswalkers in there as well yeah so hopefully we'll get to see some some cool planeswalkers. I mean, we've got some sweet art in the announcement as well. Yeah. So we've got like so we've got a knight, which is sort of boring. It's kind of borrowing. Yeah. So uh, I don't know what deck that's going to go into because we don't we don't have a deck that contains boros. But, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. A sweet massive spider, which is definitely from Jund. Yeah. Just like just a gnarly looking spider that's literally black, red, and green. <laughs> uh, a, a person just with loads of masks. Yeah, which I'm assuming is probably I'm going to say Esper. Yeah, I I think so. I think that's mm, I'm unsure. I think it's either going to be in the uh, the top of the deck matters or maybe the artifacts one. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I mean, the, uh, we have an, a one that's ob- objectively in the enchantments one. Yes, definitely. Because <laughs> it looks like uh, the it, the art looks like the gods from Theros. Yeah. Um, and it's. Very, very similar to Athara, and then it's like in a setting that Karamechi will be in. Yeah. So I'm hoping some kind of ban 
yeah. Chabacha would be sweet. Yeah, totally. We have one. I, I don't actually know who this is by, but it looks like Seb McKinnon. Is it the, the creature standing in like the lake? The creature? Yeah, creature, human. Oh. I thought it was some sort of like selkie. It's a little girl. Is it? Isn't I- it? I I don't know I don't know if it's necessarily human. I thought it was some sort of like selkie or like elf or like spirit yeah, or something. It's pretty pretty human. Oh, okay, or like a humanoid at least. Yeah, it's certainly humanoid. But this, but yeah, this art is like nuts. It is. It's yeah, it's, it's Seth McKinnon. Like it's lush, really, really nice. Is it definitely Seth McKinnon? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Just like I could just tell looking at it because yeah. I, I don't have the artist name straight, but yeah, just, like it's just so nice. Yeah, all of his work recently has just been completely ridiculous. Really, really nice art. Like I love like the, like the skull and like her head and like all the moths like flying around as well. Like yeah, it's awesome and just like just the background, just so detailed. And yeah, so nice. I think Seth McKinnon is just one of the best magic artists like of all time. Yeah, I mean the uh, wow, what's the card? I can think of the um, like the reverse Bob from Rivals Big Time. That's like my favorite art of the last like, five years. It's nice, just ridiculous. Nice. Uh, and then we have another piece of art, which is just some zombies from Innistrad. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's a zombie crawling out of the grave. For yeah, the it's zombies. A, like I, I feel like, like it's not a new piece of art. Like, like this is a piece of art we've seen before. Like we probably have. It's just like some zombies and then like some Abyssinian gravestones. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, like that's it. It's like I, I'm not sure who the artist was on, the, on that one, uh, and. You know, they they said on the stream it was a new piece of art, but it literally looks like it's something we've had before in like any of the sets based in Innistrad. <laughs> like it could just be I don't know. Like maybe this is just like a reprint of a card as well. Like maybe this is like new art for like I don't know, like Living Death or something. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, but, like I, I don't know. It's just it's very generic Innistrad art. <laughs> yeah, totally. Which is which is vaguely fine. Yeah, um, totally. It's fine. It's probably going to go in like top of library matters. I would guess because there's only there's only two decks with black, so it would be the like, the lands like the Jund lands deck, and I don't think it looks very landsy. Maybe because it's um, from Innistrad. Yeah. Maybe this is the Black Miracle card. Ooh, maybe, and it's like a reverse and treat the angels, and you get zombies yeah. instead of angels. That would be cool. That's a hot like spec for the set. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> for those who <laughs> really care about Commander. <laughs> Commander yeah. speculation. Yeah, like that's, that's what people like listen to me for. Yeah, what hey, do we talk about? Maybe, um, hmm, maybe, maybe Esper Miracles is a thing in Legacy. Then no, <laughs> no, I no, agree. Maybe. I agree. I mean, Miracles is barely Miracles anymore. So. Yeah, true. Yeah, it looks really sweet. I'm always really excited when they bring out kind products because I mean, I used to buy them religiously. Yeah, um, and now that I've sort of just developed my own collection of Commander cards, like I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, totally. Like again, like as much as I dislike the format, I'll always pick one up, like at least one up. Like mm-hmm. just have some cards. Yeah, totally. Like the, I like how flavorful they are, and you know you can you know find homes for most of the cards in there. Like they uh-huh. are a really good place to reprint cards as well. So I've, yeah, certainly picked up like a fair few. Like I picked up like the dragon deck last time. I picked up like the Yidris deck as well. Uh, the Azuri uh-huh. deck. I quite quite enjoyed playing that Azuri deck. That was quite good. Yeah, that is sweet. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, just they're always really really good fun. Um, I'm very excited always for the commander. It's always nice because there's always an influx of new commander players whenever they come out. Yeah, totally. People just pick them up and like just jam the games with the with them out of the box. And like you said, like they're always really well put together. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, there's a whole there's a whole team that just works on like the commander decks. Yeah. Now, which is awesome. Um, 
and it's not just sort of a, a thing they they slung together to make money. Like obviously they're slinging it together to make money, but like it, it feels like a lot more thought goes into them these days. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how they will play against each other. So I know like commonly like in the past like got like launch events for the the products where everyone will play like one of the new precons and get into a pod and then. You know, we'll all play the decks off against each other, and they, they all play really well with each other. Like they're all at a fairly balanced, like reasonably balanced power level, mm-hmm. uh, and that tends to be because of like the continuous running theme through them, whether that be the more monocolored or, or planeswalkers or whatever. Whereas, I think with this time, it's going to be inter- interesting to see how that plays. If they all have very different sort of play strategies. Yeah, and we do have again that that tagline from the set as well: the uh, call on powerful planeswalkers and deploy their signature strategies to make sure you're the last player standing. Sweet. So I think if you had to like take a guess at, at a planeswalker to be in each of them, uh, I think like we're gonna get obviously Sahili Ray in the uh, the artifact one. Okay. So I think we get a new Sahili there. Um, maybe we get like a Domri raid in the uh, the lands one. Uh, I could see that. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. Um, like going off a color alone, I think maybe maybe we get like a Tamio in the enchantments one. Uh huh. Sure. And I know we do have a new art of Tamiyo as well. Uh, and subjective reality, so the top of the library matters one, I am really not sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of potential there. It would be really cool to see a new printing of like an, a new Ashiok card. Mm-hmm. That would be something I'd I would like. like see, I'd like to finally see the Black White Elsbeth. Yeah, that would be a good one actually as well, yeah. Because we know we uh, there, has, there has been some new Elsbeth arts spoiled recently as well, so that could be the place where we see that turn up. That would be really sweet. Yeah, that art is incredible as well. For so nice. anyone who hasn't seen it, it's Elsbeth, but she's wearing like the like the death mask from the underworld. It's so dope. It's really cool. It's like I, just magic art recently has just been absolutely killing it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I just love it. So I think I think maybe we should do an episode on Planeswalkers soon. Yeah, probably. I've got a lot of feelings about Planeswalkers. Yeah, me they, too. They shouldn't exist, but are cool. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, I have feelings. Let's do an episode of Planeswalkers soon. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. Cool. So, yeah, that was our main topic this week. Like, not really a lot to talk about as far as the set goes, because they haven't still released a lot of information yet. But we're going to have some spoilers starting next Monday, and I'm pretty hyped. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go completely nuts when all the spoilers come out. Yeah. It's going to be great. So, speaking of things that are great, mm-hmm. it's time for Return of What the Deck. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, so it's been a while. Yeah, it has. We've, like, we've had a lot of stuff to cover. Yeah, we have. We, we thought, like, <clears throat> given the you know the massive marathon of, of last week's episode, where we really went deep on the, on the set and particular cards in the set, we thought, like, that's a true sort of return to form of this episode. We'll cut things back a bit, keep it nice and concise, and bring back some old favourites. So mm-hmm. it's been a while since we didn't did a what the deck, and this week I did spot something which made me go a what the deck and b <laughs> I want this deck like I, I, this is a deck I need to play. Yeah, this is a very you deck. It is like the most me deck I have seen for like a long time. Like I <laughs> like every now and then a deck will pop up and I'll be like this deck is amazing. I need to play this and just totally like fall in love with the deck. I think uh-huh. the last time that. Like truly happened was like Lantern Control and Modern. That's like, a while ago. Exactly, yeah, totally. Like a while ago. Like when it is when I see something come together and I'm like, wow, like this this is just like a like just a machine. Like we you see like all of these parts come together and like I love that that kind of thing and this I think this deck is definitely something like that. Yeah. So we've got a paradoxical outcome in Legacy. Uh okay. Yeah. So it's, it's that guard again, that paradoxical outcome. 
been banging on about for a few weeks now. It's just an absolute house in vintage and like should have been restricted like a hundred percent. Oh yeah, like I would like I still can't believe it wasn't. It's yeah, same. Just... Absolutely cannot believe it wasn't. But here we go. We can play that deck in legacy now. So the, yeah. it kind of is kind of like a downgraded or really sort of tuned down version of the of the vintage deck really. So we'll run through the list quickly. We've got um, three copies of Monastery Mentor, so one of my favourite creatures. Mm-hmm. We've got um, four Mox Opal. We've got four Force of Will, four Ponder, four Paradoxical Outcome. Uh, we've got three Days Undoing, which I thought was, was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Kind of like your really tuned down version of Time Twister. Uh, you've got two copies of, Re- of Repeal. You've got four copies of Thoughtcast. Uh, we've got three Swords of Plowshares. And then we've got a whole host of Zero Mana Artifacts. Uh, so we've got four Urza's Bauble, we've got four Mishra's Bauble, we've got four Jeweled Amulet, which is a uh, zero mana. You pay one and top it to put a charge counter on it. Uh, note what type of mana was used to pay this activation cost. Uses ability only if there are no charge counters on Jeweled Amulet. And you can tap it to remove a charge counter from it. Add one mana of the type last used to put a charge counter on Jeweled Amulet to your mana pool. So for example, <laughs> if you... Yeah, if for example, if you like... Yeah, tapping for like blue mana, use blue mana to pay the cost. You can then tap it, remove a counter to add blue mana to your pool. So uh-huh. essentially, it's like a like a nice just like zero mana like artifact like ramp spell. So you would like play that in like turn one, and then you put a charge counter on it at the end of your opponent's turn, allowing you to have like three mana on turn two if you've got another land. So you can use those like cast your monster mentor on turn two, and uh, then like the lands we've got. Two Islands, three Tundra, two Flooded Strand, three Fluted Delta, four Seed of the Synod. So the artifact, okay. artifact bit is important because it turns on your Mox Opals as well. Mm-hmm. So it's doing pretty much what you know, what the Vintage deck does. So you want to play a Monastery Mentor like as soon as possible. In this yeah. case, it's like it's fairly easy to get them down on turn two. Like in between your your lands, your Mox Opals, your Chrome Mox, your uh, Jeweled Amulet, like. If you get any combination of those and a monastery mentor, like you can play a mentor easily turn two. And then you just want to cast all these zero mana artifacts, play a paradoxical outcome to return those zero mana artifacts back to your hand, draw a bunch of cards, play those zero mana artifacts out again, and all the while you're uh, pumping your monastery mentor for its prowess and you're making 1 1 monk creature tokens as well, trying to flood the board with those. Sweet. It's really cool. Um, go through the sideboard quickly as well, just pretty much a standard white sideboard you've got one source to plowshares two containment priest uh, which are pretty essential in legacy at the moment i think yeah i picked up a couple just because i feel like they're necessary yeah definitely like obviously with the the bannings we get stuff like uh, like show and tell becomes a lot better and like dredge potentially becomes a lot better as well Mm -hmm. Uh, we've got two defense grid in there as well so your opponents can't cast their pesky force of wills or anything to uh, (laughs) upset your, your turns Sure. Uh, we've got another copy of Flusterstorm. We've got two Hercules Recall, two Ithisworn Canonist, two Khan Cyanoverza, which I'm not entirely sure about at this point because it is it's a fairly new new deck, so I think it's still going through a little bit of fine tuning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got two Relic of Progenitus, and we've got one Surgical Extraction. Just one. Just the one, yeah. Seems greedy. It does, yeah. Uh, I think I think the Khan seems pretty good. It like Khan looks pretty good, like on the face of it. Like you've got so many zero mana artifacts and. Mm-hmm. Like just playing a con on like turn three or even like turn two in some cases and just casting like just using the minus two and getting there is like a thing but uh yeah from what I've seen of it so far it it just never feels quite good enough mm-hmm. so Andrea Mangucci a famous uh, Magic the Gathering streamer for Channel Fireball kind of specializes in legacy 
Yeah. Uh, he posted a video up last week of uh, of the deck. Uh, and just him running it. He was playing it for the first time. Apparently, it was a friend of his gave him gave him the list, uh, and he was running it for the first time in a league and managed to go. Uh, he went two three in the league. So he said he he didn't film the, the first video because it was just trying the deck out for the first time and then like lost a storm like round what like the first round. But he managed to go two two in that and like he beat Show and Tell, which is certainly a thing. That's I mean that's not to be to be disrespected. Yeah, definitely. So I think it is. It definitely feels a bit out there, and like the fact that it can, you know, it can go essentially two and two in a league, and when it's such a new deck in a format that is kind of wide open at the moment, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty good. Um, yeah, the other thing was that the the video that he filmed was it was recorded before Probe and Defrag Shaman were banned as well. So oh, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was filmed before before then. So. Again, obviously, he lost to the Storm deck in round one, which he didn't record, but he, he did lose to that, which was playing yeah. Kataxian Probe. Uh, and then, yeah, like, number one, of the, I think it was the Show and Tell deck that he was playing against, played Kataxian Probe. Uh, he played against a... Uh, I think one of the decks he lost to was playing, like, Deathrite Shaman as well. I think it was, like, a Turbo Depths deck or something that was playing, like, Deathrite Shaman that you would just, like, wouldn't play now. Like, he might not necessarily have lost that match now if Deathrite Shaman hadn't been a thing. Mm-hmm. So I think there's... It's certainly the most interesting legacy deck I've seen for a while. And when it when it's proven that it, that it certainly can beat some of the good decks in the format, I think there's definitely scope for it to, to evolve. Absolutely. Like, I don't think this is... This is you know where this deck ends. I think this is very very similar to where Latin Control was when I first saw it. Like, this is definitely a thing here. Like, somebody's going to take this to a GP and, like... They're going to make day two of it, and it's going to be like the talk of the town, and then, you know, give it a few months so people really can really sort of refine the list and experiment with it, and then we'll we'll find something. But I just absolutely love this deck, and I think it was pretty much I think it was like halfway through the the second round that I watched him play over this deck. I just paused the video and I was like, right, what am I miss- missing from this deck? It's just go <laughs> buy it now. So I bought like the four copies of Jeweled Amulet and four copies of like Urza's Bauble because like who had those cards? <laughs> You expected some kind of price spike on those cards? Oh no, not at all. No, but I was like, yeah, like I, I, every, everything. I was like, yeah, these are literally pretty much the only cards I need for the deck. Like, let's go buy these now because, like, who's even gonna have these cards? Zero mana artifacts from like Ice Age. <clears throat> I mean, Magic Card Market, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Magic Card Market did so. <laughs> thank you, Magic Card Market, for those. <laughs> As always. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm looking forward to playing. I'm not sure when exactly I'll play. I think uh, Legacy F and M coming up next. Friday, I think, so I'm probably going to take it along to that, but I've goldfished it a little bit, and it's like surprisingly consistent. Yeah, but I'm just going to jam a turn to Thalia, and you're just going to feel bad. No, you're not if I force it. Not if I have a cow themselves. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you feel real silly. Yeah, probably. Um, I don't know, like, death and taxes is always going to be an annoying thing, but... We'll see. Like I said, I think it's still fairly early days for this deck, and I'm really excited just to see how it evolves over time. Yeah, just give it to Zach Elsek and he'll probably break it. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, there's got to be some like some um, some iteration of this deck that's actually really good. Yeah, absolutely, and it's just a testament to the power of paradoxical outcome. Like the fact that you you can you can play, I mean, loosely in in any format, and it's going to do a lot of work. Like it's absolutely king of vintage at the moment. Like there's a, a mono blue paradoxical outcome in standard at the moment that really isn't that bad now it's got an addition of a couple of cards from m19 mm-hmm. yeah uh like obviously it's a really really 
fringe like yeah sure it might have won an FNM somewhere once deck but you've got like the, the SRAM deck in modern as well mm-hmm. where you're using like um, like Ether Flux Reservoir and SRAM and like loads of zero man art- artifacts and bouncing them with Paradox all that come that's pretty sweet it's definitely a thing there uh, and then yeah this this I feel like it's it's been a long time coming but we've finally found a home for it in Legacy yeah we'll have to see what it because I mean like, like you said like Lantern that was on the fringes for like actual years before it actually got broken yeah absolutely the combination of um, like Codex Shredder effects and Lantern Insight were always being toyed around with. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that you've got Monastery Mental, Paradoxical Outcome, and some Zero Man artifacts, like, there's, there's definitely something there that's just finding the right shell. Yeah, totally. It seems sweet. I love that it's playing Days Undoing as well. I feel like that's a card that really went, I don't know, really didn't quite live up to the hype from Origins. I remember uh, sending a foil one, I pulled it at a draft for like 30 quid. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine. Being that person that bought that off me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you made a mistake. Oh, well, these things happen, don't they? That's true. Sweet. Yeah, so that was our, our What the Deck this week. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll report back with some results on that as soon as I get to play the deck against you know, more than one opponent or maybe even more than just myself. So we'll see how that goes. And I think that's pretty much going to do it for this week. Um, as always, if you want to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on our various social media tracks. So we are at... Uh, hfdcast on twitter also facebook.com slash hfdcast or just hfdcast at gmail.com uh, you can also reach us on our personal twitter uh, mine is at peachgardenoaf that's O for FNF. or on facebook I'm just joe loudon uh, you can find me in most of the mtg uk groups or most of the just most of the mtg groups worldwide to be honest aggressively <laughs> trying to buy <laughs> cards I probably shouldn't be buying Oh yeah, it sounds like you. But the buy is the next one, so yeah, maybe uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, snail69. Nice. <laughs> I should add nice to the end of my. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I'm just Sam Neil, just the person annoying everyone else. <laughs> That's Don't worry not about true. it. That's not true. You're great. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I do annoy a lot of people. Though. <laughs> um, I just like to meet, make like really trolley comments, and then get. People get annoyed. Uh, well, before okay. we go, how about we have a quick end step story this week? Sure. I said we'll bring back some some old favourites. I thought let's uh-huh. sneak one in there. Uh, yeah. End step story. We haven't done one from a while. This one. Ice cream. It's been a long while. Uh, this one actually comes from uh, GP Barcelona. Mhm. Yeah. So GP Barcelona. It's. I feel like it's always one of the more popular European, like GPs. Yeah, I know some people that made like a trip. Yeah, same. So like decent attendance. Like they were even like running one of the special like anniversary drafts there. So they had like a unlimited draft. Like obviously rather than the beta draft that they're having at uh, mm-hmm. Gen Con and they had at GP Vegas, they did like a bit, like unlimited draft. So that's pretty cool. Uh, very well attended event, uh, except for the uh, the brawl, the multiplayer brawl scheduled championship. <laughs> yeah, that event had exactly. One person. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, like, I know we do just kind of like to hate on Brawl on this podcast, but... That's just proof. It's great. Yeah, it feels really, really bad that you, you're having somebody win your Grand Prix Brawl <coughs> Championship by default because they're the only person who registered in the event. Yeah, they turned up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I believe they were playing a, a Halar deck. Yeah, they were, yeah. Throwback to your card of the week. Based on my experience of building it as a commander deck, yeah. it would have been crap. So. <laughs> yeah, um, there they go. They turned up. 
registered their <laughs> hello the five lecture deck uh, nobody else turned up so they won the the brawl championship by default it's so good which the says really so oh, it says says a lot about the format to be honest oh, uh, i think and like Rob's really excited about it yeah like there were there were a fair amount of people that were fairly excited about it to begin with and i feel like it's it's dropped off quite quickly uh, I know Wizards of the Coast posted an article last week talking about the, the state of Brawl and once again changed the rules for like single player Brawl and yeah. made some more changes And in, in that they talked about the health of the format and they said that the format was fairly popular but that <laughs> it was in concentrated pockets so, <laughs> yeah totally so I, I think like given from what we're seeing at like GP side events and uh you know, I think rotation is going to be the the real sort of test of strength for this format. Really, like, will this format survive a rotation? Who knows? No. Who knows? <laughs> I'm, my hot take is no. No, I, I would agree there. So yeah, it's just a quick bringing back the old favourites this week. Quick end step story for this week. I mean, what like hating on brawl is one of my favourite things to do. So <laughs> let's uh, let's continue to do that. Yeah. But <laughs> once again, uh, we are approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has returned. So we'll see you once again next week on Hour of Devastation. Bye.